Hello and welcome to the Harvard EdCast, a series of conversations with thought leaders in the field of education from across the country and around the world. I'm your host, Matt Weber, and today we're here to discuss Against All Odds, Educating Girls Globally. We're here to speak with Irina Bakova, who's the Director General of UNESCO. Irina, welcome to the EdCast. Thank you. So, Irina, give us a little a pulse and a snapshot of the state of women and girls' education across the world right now, and then obviously talk about what UNESCO is doing to improve that situation. Um, thank, you, thank you for asking me the, uh, this question, because I think it, uh, it is extremely important nowadays uh, to talk uh, about education, education globally, about uh, access to education, about uh, quality of education, but also to concentrate where I would say uh, we still have uh, unfinished business. And definitely, uh, education of girls, it's such unfinished business. And I like very much the title of this conference, Against All Odds, Educating Girls Matters. What is the situation nowadays in the world? Let me just mention a few figures. We know that uh, we have advanced a lot. We know that we have made with the Millennium Development Goals uh, uh, huge achievements uh, starting from the year 2000 until 2015. Uh, now we have uh, more than 80 million uh, g boys and girls more uh, in school. Uh, we know that uh, uh, there is a, a big effort uh, to include girls uh, in the primary education. But I think that uh, in terms of achieving parity, even in primary education, we are still failing. Only 6%, 60% of countries globally have achieved parity in primary education. And 38% have achieved parity in secondary education. There are too many dropouts uh, after primary education of girls. And also, I would say that uh, still the majority of children out of school in the primary education are girls. 32 million girls are out of primary school, and uh, more or less the same number is at the secondary level. So I think we are failing because then the situation aggravates when we go to the number of illiterate people, where two-thirds almost of illiterate in the world are girls. And um, another, I think, extremely important, um, if you allow me here, um, I would say a, a tendency, if we continue with the same pace of change, um, our experts at UNESCO have um, calculated that the poor girl in sub-Saharan Africa will be enrolled in school only in 2086. 2086, it means 70 years from now on. This is a situation that we cannot accept. It is not acceptable because it is not moral, it is not ethical. Uh, it is about, indeed, rights of these millions of, of, of girls, of, of women, but also it's a huge impediment to development globally. Talk about what UNESCO has done, both institutionally, but also in getting the word out, obviously sharing these statistics. The awareness campaign is, is crucial and key, but about UNESCO's role as a convener of organizations, of countries, of small nonprofits, of individuals to come together to not just recognize this is a problem, but to go forth and to do something to fix it. We have, uh, of course, been engaged in a lot of advocacy work uh, jointly with the partners from the UN system, with the civil society, uh, with the academia. We have tried to show uh, with the very concrete data 
what is the impact on development of girls uh, not going to school. We know that uh, with every year uh, more in school uh, for a girl, uh, it, uh, it has a huge impact on health, on, uh, on maternal health, on, on, on child mortality. We know also that uh, when, when girls are retained in school, uh, with every year uh, we uh, decrease the number of uh, child marriages, uh, uh, of pregnancies, early pregnancies, of uh, VHA AIDS uh, pandemics among girls, of I would say also a violence uh, against the girls and women. Uh, and overall, uh, it is very good for communities, for families, for societies. Uh, and apart from showing uh, this with very concrete data and making the advocacy, we have uh, launched um, uh, many programs uh, of uh, educating girls. One of our biggest uh, literacy program is in Afghanistan, and I'm very happy that uh, we will be uh, discussing with uh, Dr. Uh, Sakina uh, Yakubi, uh, who is uh, chairing uh, the uh, uh, Afghan Institute of Learning, uh, because we know that uh, in Afghanistan, uh, literacy rate among women is probably highest, uh, one of the highest in the world. But also that um, uh, there is a, a big drive uh, to involve, to enroll girls and women in learning. Uh, we have already reached uh, more than 600,000 uh, learners, uh, two-thirds of them uh, are women. And apart from giving literacy, we also are giving them some basic skills so that they can uh, open some small businesses or enroll in some economic um, activity. We uh, are the strong proponents also of a second chance uh, of informal education for dropouts uh, through community learning centers. Um, uh, we have uh, hundreds of such community centers have organized uh, in different parts of the world. We have uh, strongly pushed uh, to, uh, for governments uh, to adopt uh, respective legislation on the right to education, including of girls uh, uh, to be enrolled in school uh, after they uh, give birth or, or are married. So I think we have uh, developed a very solid uh, ground on, on getting uh, girls in school. And very recently, we have worked with the United Nations Women and uh, United Nations Population Fund we have, and the World Bank, we have joined forces to launch a, a big uh, program on adolescent girls' education. We think the weakest point in all the effort and research is the transition from primary to secondary education, uh, because the, uh, this is a very fragile moment for every girl, and we need to join forces, the health sector, the education sector, the communities also have uh, sometimes uh, uh, a more sensitive approach uh, to retain girls in schools. Uh, and through this program, we think that uh, we will look uh, in a very holistic way uh, and at, at the problem of retaining girls in school because it is not uh, sometimes uh, uh, sufficient to have only uh, education specialists or uh, uh, education ministries uh, uh, to be involved. It's much more complex. Uh, and that is why um, we do believe that uh, adolescent girls' education is probably one of the most important uh, prerequisites for the success of the Agenda 2030. 
So the last question, the remaining minute of the show, what can uh, people, uh, parents, teachers, educators, people who aren't necessarily government officials or part of UNESCO, what can they do to help this cause? What can they do on a day-to-day basis when this podcast ends that will help move girls' education in a positive direction? I think we still need a lot of advocacy, uh, advocacy group. Uh, We still uh, need uh, to showcase why it is important uh, uh, that uh, it is not just a matter of, uh, of a human right, Uh, but it is also a matter of development. Uh, I think we need to show that uh, sometimes uh, educating girls is a matter of uh, security. We know about uh, Malala Yousafzai, the Nobel Peace Prize winner, uh, and uh, uh, I have met her many times and her family. We need to tell men also and fathers that they have to support the girls uh, going to school. Uh, and uh, at the end of the day, I think that uh, something that uh, a famous uh, journalist whom I, I admire, Nicholas Christoph, uh, wrote an article saying that uh, an educating girl is more powerful than a drone. Beautiful last quote to end on. Irina Bakova, uh, you, uh, Director General of UNESCO, thank you so much for the work that you do uh, and for being here with us at Harvard today. We're very lucky to have you. Thank you very much, too. This has been the Harvard EdCast, a production of the Harvard Graduate School of Education. I'm your host, Matt Weber. Thank you kindly for listening.